And welcome into the Roundtable. Bill Priestley here with you, joined by Tony Mulvey. And joining us is Clinton Sieber, VP of Sales for Ryan Transportation out of Overland, Kansas. And Clinton, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to be talking here about yellow. We've been talking about yellow all day uh, in view of obviously what we thought was going to happen this morning and obviously what didn't happen this morning. And now what is going to be a continuing story, at least for the next 29 days or so. Uh, first off, just your reaction. Uh, to what came down lately yesterday and how things are moving forward in the LTL community uh, with with this new development. Yeah, when uh, when Judge Robinson released her, her final ruling Friday, I, I think everyone, uh, including Fallen Craig Fuller uh, on Twitter, through that thought that that was the final nail in the coffin. And so when we saw the news break uh, late last night, uh, it was surprising. You know, we've been working closely with uh, with our customers on contingency plans advising them what we thought was best, looking for options, not sure if the yellow service centers would be open. Uh, and, and just a few moments ago, we got a note from our rep saying that uh, the strike had been averted. They're back in business now. I think what everyone's trying to determine now is what does that mean for the next 30 days? Uh, there's a 30-day reprieve. I think we're still waiting to see if yellow is going to make those contributions back to the fund. Uh, it does get the two sides back to the table, but I, I think we're all kind of scratching our heads wondering is this just prolonging the inevitable or is, is something more at work here? So definitely uh, a surprise last night when I saw the news post out. What was the reaction? Well, I mean, obviously there was leading up to this, you've already talked about how, how you've kind of addressed with your customers, how things may have may go uh, as uh, Monday comes around and you think that there's a possibility of, of, of a strike or a bankruptcy announcing uh, that kind of thing. Um, how have things kind of, as your customers have, have looked at it, you know, is this, how is this an opportunity? How is this not an opportunity? Uh, what are they seeing in terms of how much chaos this uh, possibly could have developed? Sure. I think most of the discussions we've had, it's, it's been about uh, looking at what their needs are in terms of service and price and, and seeing what backup options are available. I think what no shipper wants is to have freight that they need getting to a customer, getting you know, to a plant or a location of theirs trapped in a network where there's any uncertainty about whether the freight will deliver. And so once you put freight into Yellow's network, the question is, can we get it out the other side? So we knew going into the weekend that we had shipments in the system. We were going to have to follow closely and make sure we had contingency plans if we needed to get other carriers to go in. I think from the shipper perspective, and, and there's been some a lot of articles on this, you know, that we're in the midst of, as the freight waste teams have, has called, you know, a, a death final called a recession, called a, a downswing in transportation, but but volumes are relatively soft. Now, I think on the LTL side, carriers are being smart with how they're pricing. They're being very strategic. So if I'm a shipper right now, I don't think anybody's necessarily going to line up to want to, quote, buy my yellow freight at, at a discount over what I get today. And I think yellow has had to be very aggressive with how they priced. They do things that maybe some LTL carriers wouldn't want to do in terms of being more open to detaining trailers or letting the trailer sit putting trailer pulls into place, all of which is very good for, for some very large retailers. Question is, will brand X or Y do those same things at the same price point? So I, I don't know if there's an opportunity for shippers as far as on the pricing side. Uh, I think they definitely, and we've encouraged ours to, to look at other options that can still hit the same service. Uh, the price may have to be slightly higher, but you know, you take a carrier like Yellow out and all that capacity goes someplace. So uh, we have to be ready with backup options. Tony, one of the things, obviously, we've talked about yellow ad nauseum here today, um, but at the same time, let's jump back and take like the 40,000 foot view. Uh, 
we were expecting this morning to wake up in chaos. It ensued. It did not. We still has a stay of uh, 30 days, of course, until uh, a possible payment there is made. Um, but uh, just taking that kind of 30,000-foot view of this thing, how much chaos is this going to cause or could this have caused should what we have expected to happen happen this morning? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's as much chaos as I think eyes, and I wrote this in the PPI last week, that eyes kind of turned more to the UPS mm-hmm. deal with the Teamsters as opposed to yellow because from the Teamsters perspective, they've they've kind of written it off. I mean, you look at Sean O'Brien's Twitter account, right? He put the Tombstone RIP, or the yellow Tombstone with 1924 through 2023, and that was a few weeks ago. So it felt like they had kind of written off yellow. From a perspective, you had already seen tonnage declines, what, 18, 20, 30% at yellow, right? I mean, Yes, you're seeing it around the industry, seeing those declines, but at yellow, it seemed to be outside. Or it was a much more drastic decline than than these other providers. And I think the pricing aspect that Clinton kind of hit on, I mean, when you think about it from a pricing perspective, yellow was, I hate to say it, they were the cheap provider, right? Mm -hmm. You went to yellow because it was a price game. It wasn't a service game. And I think when you look at what the impacts could have been, a lot of these LTL players, especially looking at the publicly traded ones, they've been very disciplined in their pricing. And I think that's a key through this was you could arguably get better service than leaving yellow. Mm -hmm. It was going to come at a cost. And with yellow coming out, if yellow were to have come out of the market in this situation, you were going to have to pay more likely. I mean, there weren't that many... And I do this based on operating ratios. Like the average operating ratio of the publicly traded LTL carriers was like 85, and that included yellow. Mm-hmm. You take yellow out, that thing drops pretty significantly. Because yeah. Yellow was up over 100. Everyone else was sub-90 or right around 90 to, I mean, no Dominion in the mid-70s. Kind of shows that they're pretty disciplined when it comes to, to pricing freight. So overall, I mean, I don't think it was as bit much chaos. It was going to be a more short-term chaotic experience, right? Up, upwards of maybe a month. I think mm-hmm. it's what happens a week from now yeah. is is going has the bigger impacts to potential more more chaotic. And obviously, we don't know the outcome of that one yet. Yeah, Clinton. Uh, as as you look at it, let's let's try and take Yellow's name off of this at this particular point. We had a very interesting discussion late last week, just in house about how this could have evolved and how LTL is a completely different animal in, in, in its respect in, in terms of how it's run. Um, so in terms of other LTLs, obviously making some good pricing decisions there as well. Um, how difficult or how easy is it for, for a, something similar perhaps to happen to a company in the LTL business that has, that has uh, kind of, you know, that's where it's going to make its hay? In terms of them being able to jump in on some of the volume or avoiding some of the, the repeat just of, mistakes? Just of, that, yeah, just avoiding some of the repeat mistakes. Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, you know, we, Yellow does have the challenge of the, the structure of, of their, their labor contracts. And, and I think what you see in the industry across the non-union carriers is you know, there, there are some things in terms of what a driver can do in terms of go out on the street, make pickups, come back to the dock, work to unload the freight, et cetera. You know, I, certainly the, uh, you know, you can argue the benefits of, you know, the, the benefits and things that, that the, the Teamsters have provided for Yellow, but I think it, 
it, one of the things they're hamstrung on is trying to find some flexibility there. And, and I think they have to work with the IBT on finding ways to incentivize those drivers that are in, you know, working for them to, to hit some of the productivity metrics and want to hit and, and still stay, you know, aligned with the IBT. For other carriers, I, th- I think it's about staying smart with pricing, first and foremost. Um, in 08, 09, you saw a lot of the LTO carriers chasing price down to try to steal volume from each other as, as we hit that recession. I don't think, as you pointed out, that carriers are doing that right now. So I think on that front, they're being smart. They're definitely being smart with accessorials, classifications, reways. Uh, we spent a lot of time coaching up our shippers and working with them on making sure they understand classifications and making sure they understand what the impact of a reway or reclass can be. And so th- those carriers are taking measures to make sure they're getting those dimensions, understanding it, because that obviously helps their bottom line. So I think you know, those carriers that are, that are not yellow um, are definitely staying as, as close to those pricing playbooks as they can. They're, they're trying to operate efficiently. You know, they're building networks where they need and want to go after freight, but they're not getting into this downward spiral of trying to chase, you know, chase each other down to the lowest minimum they can get or the highest discount they can get. And we definitely saw a lot of that 08, 09. Tell you real quick, scale of one to 10, uh, in terms of how yellow gets, moves forward from this, uh, how tough a road do they have to hug? Uh, 10. I mean, <laughs> I mean they're sti- they still have to make this payment at some point, right? And then, right. then the road, it, even if they can get through this year, you've got 1.3 billion steering, your, steering you in the face next year. So, yeah. I mean, ultimately it's gonna have to be an agreement. Uh, it seems very tough. Yeah, Clinton, real quick, scale of one to 10 in terms of, of is, is, is yellow basically at this point, uh, for lack of a better term, dead in the water? Yeah, I, given the history, I mean, I, I, I never wanna count anybody out, but it, it's sure. a tough road to haul at this point. I mean, I, I'd say it's, it's north of eight for sure. I mean, they're back at the table right now, they're in DC, they're trying to find ways through it. I think as you guys alluded to, question is how much freight's already left the network and can you get yeah. that back? And they're going to have gonna... to build up a lot of trust and confidence among shippers. So, um, you know, always want to have as much competition in the, in the marketplace as we can, but um, it, it, north of eight for sure. We'll call it eight and a half. Well, Clinton, thanks so much. Okay, go a little bit more positive on this. Thanks so much, Clinton, for joining <laughs> us. And uh, we'll take a short break, come back, we'll wrap up this edition of Freight Waves Now right after this. Pleasure, gentlemen. Okay. 